This is Smart Politics. I'm your host, Anthony Arnold. So stop me if you've heard this before. Legacy media is collapsing. Newspapers are dying. And nobody has any idea how they're going to hang on. Because as you might imagine, the percentage of people paying for the news declines with age. My parents may still have their subscription to the Indianapolis Star, but I don't think my kids have ever picked up an actual newspaper unless it was to hit a fly or maybe each other. So this narrative is very common and true, but that doesn't mean it's the total story. Because while many members of the old guard have been losers, there's one of them who's not only managed to hold off collapse, but has become more dominant than ever. The New York Times. In a world of dinosaurs being obliterated by the media that is big tech and online news, the Times is an aberration. In addition to their sprawling Pulitzer-winning news coverage, they've won 132 of them more than any other organization. They've also built an empire in other ways. In 2016, they acquired Wirecutter, the very popular product review website for $30 million. And last year, they purchased The Athletic, one of the leading providers of sports coverage, for $550 million. How are they able to do all of this? Well, it's easy. Last year, they reported revenue of over $2 billion, with a subscriber base of more than 10 million paying members. I'm one of them. Now, I tell anyone who will listen that for $5 a month, a deal which is almost always available, it can't be beat. Access to world-class news, varied opinion pieces, tech coverage, sports coverage, foreign policy, entertainment, and arts for that price? Who can compare? Who can compete? The answer is nobody. Which brings us to the problem. What does it mean to have one outlet this dominant? To have one outlet that can drive a topic into the news via subscriber numbers and cover it from all possible angles via its incredible roster of talent. David French, Ross Duhat, and Brett Stevens sit right alongside Charles Blow, Jamel Bowie, and Maureen Dowd. Why go anywhere else when the Times is a one-stop shop that you can get for a dirt-cheap price? As you can tell, I'm not a fan of this arrangement. Despite being a supporter of their work, I think their unchecked growth and total dominance in the news space has some very bad outcomes. Thankfully, I'm not alone in having questions and concerns about this state of things. So join Francine and myself as we take a break from talking about the rest of the world and turn our attention to the news industry itself on this very Inside Baseball episode. If you're ready, let's begin. Francine, thanks for joining me. Hey there, thanks for having me again. This is going to be another interesting discussion. Yeah, this is going to be yeah. a fun episode. So, you yeah. know, I mentioned uh, to, to sort of get the ball rolling here. The reason this topic came up is, is there will be a, a piece coming out that I wrote about, you know, when you question strategy, is it the same mm -hmm. thing as questioning the purpose? Can mm -hmm. we kind of separate challenging one from the other? Right. Mm -hmm. And over the course of that conversation, one thing I brought up was, you know, it's one thing if I hear at PointCast question strategy. 
if the New York Times questions your strategy on their front page, uh, it might doom your entire movement because of and, their power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that sort of led us to this conversation, this broader conversation we're getting ready to have about, like, what does it mean that mm-hmm. one paper can can probably mortally wound an entire movement or boost something they shouldn't be boosting um, because of their sheer size. But Um, do we lend to their power? Like in the sense, like they're powerful because they have so many eyes on them. Yeah. They're powerful because people have learned to trust what they put out. Right. Right. And we do. And yes, I mean, we certainly lend to it. Right. Like, but this is the challenge. I mean, you know, what I said in the prologue, what I said in my monologue there, you can say I don't want to contribute, but by not subscribing to the New York Times, you're losing access to the single best source of journalism that we have. So there's, um, the, there's the paradox, you yeah. know? <laughs> right. Right. It's, yeah. The, the challenge is um, options, it sounds like. Options yeah. that yeah. are equal to what they are able to produce. Right. And there and are they they have been able to successfully attract and nurture and develop talent. Yeah. Um, and as an organization, they become a standard bearer because they've just been in it so long. They weren't right. always the only, they weren't always in this position. Correct. So they Correct. they didn't start too differently from the way we've started. Well, right. well they had they a lot of large budget, but <laughs> right. They had a large budget. But you know, it was them, it was the post, the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, the LA Times. Yeah, there were there were um, other there were other peers, is what yep, I yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now uh I mean that none of those papers I don't think would have a, a claim to be in the same the same category of now, size and you, dominance. What, is it a bad thing that they're so dominant? I certainly think it is. Um because as I as I say, you know, we saw this with we saw this very recently actually. You know, there was a story about the explosion at the hospital in Gaza. And the New York Times led the breaking news coverage of Israel Strikes Hospital. And then it was a few hours later where it was like, well, it was like Israel Strikes Hospital according to Palestinians. Source. And then it was like Israel and Palestine had disputed accounts of who blew up the hospital. And then it was like blast at hospital. And then it was like blast near hospital. Um, the story changed like five times in the first 12 hours. But the New York Times version of that story is the one that everybody led with. And I think that's the one people are going to remember. Um, but then a funny thing happened. Because they don't have to apologize because they're the New York Times. They don't have to apologize when they mess things up. So they never really issue a correction. They just suddenly change the headline. And then the next day, they had a column written by a New York Times columnist talking about how the New York Times has to be like, but what, what is this constant navel gazing? Like, what is, where are the outside critics? No, no, don't worry. Our in-house critics are fine. But, like, so the New York Times can mess up a story, and then they don't have to issue a correction, but instead they'll write a column <laughs> about how they maybe kind of, sort of, have to do better. But that's not... 
what, really and, and then, what? <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, so I definitely see your point. I definitely see yeah. your point. And with that, and I think they also, instead of corrections, they call them updates. They'll yep. update. <laughs> yep. And it's in that update space where they will issue, you know, at one time when I was first learning write for newspapers, we had to do a retraction. We had to do an apology. Yep. We had to, and then we sometimes we'd even have a, 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 a notice from the editor yep. as a, yep. know, in front of it. And um, those were standards that I was taught. But that the writing and the, the, the speed at which people are trying to be the first ones to break a story and it's always it's almost like, well, we were the first ones to get it to you, so we shouldn't have to apologize, kind of, based on what exactly. you're sharing. And right. uh, even if it wasn't totally accurate, even if we still don't really know what happened, this is what happened. Right. This is what happened. <laughs> we're gonna run it as if this is the truth. And and yeah, and so I think when you see that, I think it becomes okay. really apparent that the, the potential yeah. downside of this arrangement, but the other one is like the New York Times has these biases of their own. Um, mm, they like, try to balance this out with right? like this roster of columnists, but I've long talked about uh, a roster of talent drawn largely from like highly educated upper tier universities is in fact not diverse, and it doesn't matter what color the people are, it's still not right. diverse. But wouldn't that like, be the case with all of, of them? Wouldn't it be yes. the case with all of them? Okay. Yes. Oh, so yeah. This okay. is not an exclusive problem to them. This is a broader media problem where you're like, we have the perfect racial balance of people comprised of Harvard graduates. You are still not diverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I regret the Harvard community. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have a we have a very diverse cast of people from Ivy League schools. Um <laughs> that's still not diverse. Yeah, most of but, us didn't go Ivy League. Sorry about but look, that. They, but uh they're very yeah. diverse in terms of gender and Racial makeup, yeah, of people from Ivy League schools, do you know? Yeah. And that's the yeah. the New York Times is like mm -hmm. they are not a diverse group of writers, and, and it has nothing to do with their their skin color or their gender or their sexuality. It has everything to do with like their class and education. Makes them totally. Do you think it detaches them because mean? they come from different places? Like, do you think that their their academic pedigree, their career path in that space you think that separates them from absolutely the the stories they're talking about yeah yeah i mean we're in a country where less than half of the population has a college degree much 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 less than half goes to what are considered these like top tier private universities um and if you are comprised of people who went to like top tier private universities you are totally detached from what's what what people are experiencing and and you're not they can't help that. I mean, they could help it. They could like hire more public school graduates or even um, have journalists who aren't college graduates, which I know is like an appalling thought today, but was kind of the norm like a hundred years ago when you didn't have to have a college degree to write to, to be a journalist, which, you know, J school has done many things well, but one thing is done poorly is that it is made it the norm where you need four years of education to be a journalist. That has been a bad norm. And uh, we're never going back from it. So I'm not going to suggest we should because it's too late. The diet's cast on that one. But it's been bad. Um, and 
And yeah, I mean, I think that hurts. And again, this isn't just their problem. I just think they're the most representative of this because they are the standard bearer, as you put it. You know what I think as I as I replay your intro in my mind is I, I think that what's really missing for me is the flavor that I used to get from the local uh, newspaper. Yep. Um, and, it, you know, even the local newspaper doesn't sound local anymore. It has a different voice. And, yep. you know, the local newspaper used to know something about the local little league games, <laughs> you know, yep. not, not just crime and not just weather, yep. but it used to be in like more involved in the goings on of community. Um, is there a way that a, a paper as large as the Times can evoke that kind of feeling? Like, is it possible to be that personable, you think? Or do you even think that's missing? Because, you know. I mean, I yes. I mean, I, I think it's missing. Um, I think the lack of local flavor in most things is like suffocating us politically and culturally. I think it is just absolutely suffocating us um you know i i think hollywood was better when it was a hollywood town and they're like mm. i don't know man we we have our own little niche that we do out here and maybe like new york has their flavor mm. um and chicago has their flavor yeah. and you know miami has their deal but now like i think most things would be better if they had a little more local local interest injected into them. I think media and news is one where it is desperately missing. Um, because a lot of times, you know, I, I, if you look at your local paper, you get the headline stuff, they got some domestic stuff, some national stuff. And then like you said, you get to the local stuff, high school sports games, uh, random weird local occurrences. It's just like the random, the random stuff in your local community. That you're like, hey, do you what? remember where you they used to have like local heroes? That some of them, yeah, did, like weird things. Yeah, or, like it was weird. Like here's a human. <laughs> these were the human interest stories. Like here's a human right. interest story about some eighty year old person who's like, you're like, what? Like yeah, sure. sure it like, loves to roller skate everywhere. Yeah, and they're like yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> and that was good because it, you know, it does help lower the temperature on the because it draws energy away from these things that are more uh more conflict oriented but so i think it's missing and i don't think the new york times can provide it um they can have local affiliates as they sometimes try to but everybody at the new york times lives in like new york <laughs> they don't, oh, okay let's uh, be honest if you work for the new york times where would you live yeah, yeah, a lot of them live up there in New York. I mean, and that's yeah. totally fine. And that's another yeah. nod to diversity, right? Geographic yeah. diversity is a thing. Yeah, you know, we don't often think of diversity and geography in geographic terms, but mm -hmm. uh, local accents, local dialects, local ways of speaking, yeah. uh, local customs and traditions, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, like the Indiana is the state fair. It's it's mm -hmm. our love of basketball. You have some complicated politics and you go, you know, some weird racial history in parts. But we like love Oscar Robinson. Like we are like because he's ours. He's like, ha ha. Right, right. Big O is one of us. He's a Hoosier <laughs> at the end of the day. We're like, what? We're a state of like Big O and Larry Bird. Like right, we're in the right. state of the hick from French Lake and also the guy from Christmas Addicts. Ha ha. 
<laughs> and the both of us. Never take that away from us. Like never. Uh, you know, we're the state where Adam Driver was born in. I'm like, he's a Hoosier. <laughs> I know. People don't <laughs> know that. Mess that up. <laughs> right. You can never take Adam Driver away from us, fools. Um, right, right. Or the mummy guy, whatever his Right, is. right. Yeah. And so like, but the New York Times can't replicate that. And they don't. Right. They don't have to. They were better as well when they were a New York paper. Um, That's what I was getting to. Didn't they start yeah. from their locale, they reporting did. the world from their perspective? Yep. And I wonder if they're still reporting the world from their perspective. You know what I mean? They are. No, they are. <laughs> it's just that the it's world has a- collapsed mm-hmm. together. The, the communication era the internet has collapsed local flavor into this monoculture where the, the whole country shares, thinks it shares one culture, right? Um, I mean, when was the last time you really heard about local theater movements? Well, it's not because we all watch the same movies. Right. Yeah. We watch the That's same true. things yeah. on Netflix. Right, right. So like Netflix, so the existence of Netflix and similar things means that That's culture can be shared. You can watch the same show in the, with the same dialect, whether you're in L.A., New York, Hong Kong, London, Sydney, Australia, uh, uh, you know, Egypt, yeah. <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> But they'll tell me this. I think I know why it matters to me, but I'm curious as to why it matters yeah. to you or why it will matter to because I don't think we're the only ones it will matter to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like why like the collapse of the culture or the other stuff or all of it? Like the other stuff not being really uh accessible in the sense that it's not really from the perspective from where you stand. Yeah, like, because why, why does that matter? Why does it matter if they still have a New York state of mind? I never feel, yeah, and I, I don't use these words often, but I don't feel seen when I read the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I recognize the value of it, even though they have black writers. Even oh, though they, they have, have black writers, they have biracial writers. Correct. Correct. Male. So yep. you still don't feel seen when you see nope. them. Nope. Nope. Reading a New York Times. I, like I said, I recognize the factual value, especially their hard-hitting news. I totally recognize the value of it, but mm-hmm. I never really feel represented because people who know me will tell you uh, I'm a Hoosier, and I've always said it. I've probably said it on some of our shows before. I'm like, I'm a Hoosier boy. I'm a Midwest boy through and through. Like, mm-hmm. I'm many things, but a Midwest boy, and I love it. I love our state right. fair. I love, like, I defend my city mm-hmm. all the time. I def- people right. think I'm funny. I'm like, I defend my city, yo. I'm like, yo, yeah. y'all some country bumpkins. Yo, <laughs> we have one of the biggest sporting events in the world at the Speedway. What does your this city is have? This is true. We got the 500. Do you have the 500? <laughs> no, you don't. We have one of the largest convention centers. Things like GameCon. Right. Should right. you have that? Probably not. You don't get to hate on my city. We are right, much more right. of a cosmopolitan city than people think. There are things right. going on that in Indianapolis that, that are cool. True. 
And that's where I was coming from. I'm like, it would be cool because I do uh, get out and I experience our city and I experience like different events and activities. And I never, right, exactly. And I never see it represented. And I never hear about it, except when there's like a big, like the Delphi murders or something like that. Um, I would really love to have, you know, people used to say they have their, their finger on the pulse of the community or their yep. ear to the sun. Yep. I don't I don't feel that. So the identity piece, and I'm not yeah. talking just just my gender or ethnicity, but you know where I'm from. No. You know, where the streets I'm from. I walk. Right. You know. Indiana has four world tier universities. We have Purdue, we have IU, we have Notre Dame, we have Rose Holman. If I don't say Rose Holman, Alex will listen to this and be like, how dare you not mention Rose Holman as one of the finest engineering universities in the world. So yes, somewhere out there, Alexander, I am aware. Right? It's not only about that before in private conversation. Don't you mean four? I'm like, my bad. But but he's right. Right, We have four world-tier universities in our state. We do. Um, We have multiple professional sports teams. We have mm-hmm. minor league sports teams. Right. Um, we've hosted Super Bowl. We're right. going to host an all-star game for the NBA this February. We host the all-star game. I'm like, you know, so when I read the New York Times and I read them mm-hmm. talking about Indiana, the Indiana mm-hmm. they talk about is the one where, like, former Governor Mike Pence was doing a bunch of anti-gay stuff. Right. I'm like, that is merely a slice of Indiana. There's more well, Indiana I think what they're yeah, they have a, right. They have this political perspective, and Indiana is a red state. Indiana is a conservative yep. state in some ways, but that's not the whole story. I mean, the there's story. a lot of stories woven in together. And right. what I think is missing is the street side. There's no street right. beat. There's no exactly. understanding of 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 that. And I think times and papers like them that are kind of going hog wild on buying up all of these different portals for information. They're putting together this formulaic approach to how they disseminate the information that we consume. So we will have to become wiser as, as we consume this information. But you know what I also think will be interesting? I think it will create an environment where more local uh, things and media outlets will start to pop up again. This is the repeat of history right after this big thing that they were trying to put down yellow journalism because this paper and others participated in yellow journalism. It wasn't just the ones you see in a grocery store with the aliens. This was was one of them, too. So believe it or not, uh, they're all proper now. But that's not, you know, they were into selling papers back in the day. They would just sell the paper, you know. Right. So I think what will happen is what happened then is people got tired of not getting their stories out and people wanted to promote their stories and they wanted to market their way of life. And so they created these collectives that created these local newspapers. Some of them were uh, minority owned, women owned, just church owned. And some of them blossomed just because they were able to stay in the game long enough. And that's where local news really started to take off, not just the newspapers, but the news stations. Absolutely. And I, I predict that we're on that trajectory. I don't think it's all bad. Um, not to say that they wasted their money. I think it's interesting and smart about that. But the challenge is going to be competing for ad dollars. 
that's going to be the challenge. Yes. And, and I remember, you know, because I know we're getting close to the, we're getting close to our end of our time here, but I know there was something you had talked about before a place you had worked at here in Indiana. Um, and it was Nuvo. Yes. And, yes. And, and this is a perfect example. If you're not from Indiana, you don't know what Nuvo is. Right. And if you're if you're not even from Indianapolis, I'm not positive you know it. Like I don't know what Nuvo circulation and like South Bend was like. Um, so it was really an Indianapolis. It was an Indianapolis phenomenon. And just to be clear, I didn't work directly for them. I freelanced. So you freelance. But, and people yeah. don't know it, it was an alternative weekly. So it was yes. an alt weekly paper, and it was very popular. Very, very popular. popular. Very yeah. popular. Uh, like I'm looking. Um, in 2011, they had a circulation of 47,000. They closed. Um, the print operation closed in 2020. By that point, their, their circulation had almost dropped in half. Mm -hmm. um, and they covered everything. Politics, music, really a lot of culture stuff, the arts. And they covered it from a perspective that was even more hyper-local and street, to your point, street level than the star. Yeah. Right. The star yeah. was local, right. but Nuvo was like on the streets, on the yeah. streets in terms of right. where their coverage was centered. Right. Um, yeah. And now there's nothing. Right. Nuvo's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Alt weeklies. And it was such a useful. I remember seeing it because my mom used to regularly get Nuvo. Um, and so, you know, we always get an Indianapolis star and then my mom would regularly pick up a, a copy of Nouveau as well. So I always remember seeing Nouveau laying around the house growing up and you flip through it the same way if, you're, if your parents keep things out long enough, eventually you pick yeah. them up and you're like, what? Because they always had such striking designs on the front. On the front cover, they had these look them up. designs. Right. They were like, they would do designs the way the old school album covers used yep. to be. Yep. So they had yep. these amazing covers. They also had great in the back. They had great movie coverage and everything yep. was coming. And at the time, there was this place called Hollywood Barn Filmworks and other like yep. independent like theaters. Yep. We have a couple of them now, like the Arts One at Keystone Crossing. Yep. But back then, there there wasn't a whole lot, and it was just an amazingly well connected culturally paper. It had its yep. pitfalls, um, and but. It, it tried to cover a niche that was not, you know, you're, like you said, hyper-local that was not really being covered. Right. And I, I think right. for the most part, they met their mission. They did. You could you could consume them alongside the star. Exactly. Right? They were complimentary, not competitive. Right. Um, right. And people who saw Nuba would often be led down rabbit holes that you would never otherwise discover, right. you know? Right. And now, without Nuvo, we still have the star. Right. But Nuvo and the star has been lessened. But Nuvo is gone. And, and, and the star the time, has changed. The star has changed. And while the New York Times can try to replicate the Indianapolis star, they won't be able to, to be clear. While they may try to do some of what the star can do, they will never, ever do what Nuvo did. Ever. The New York Times... That will never dig down so deep into Indianapolis culture to replicate. That is just gone. Completely gone. I think gone. you have to be in a space yep. to be to yep. report the energy there. You can report yep. the temperature from a distance, but you can't report the energy from a distance. No. So you got to be present to do that. And so it'll right. be interesting to see if right. people even think to do the companies like New York Times even think to do that. But right. that's my two yeah. sense. 
Yeah. No. So, so I, I am, I am happy though, that we sort of, that we're ending on that because I think the death of that alt weekly is, is really where this, where this is felt. And, and if no matter where you're hearing this, I, I can basically guarantee that in every city across this country, uh, you have had alt weeklies die. Like I will just, I think that is like a very safe bet. Um, that if big papers are are struggling, the alt weeklies are dead. Uh, and so think about whatever your local city specific alt weekly paper was, and if it's died, then that's something you've lost. As as places like the New York Times have grown and cannibalized everything, um, we've probably all lost something like Nuvo, and and we are all much much worse off. Um, in terms of news, in terms of culture, in terms of a developing ground for writers. Um, but that makes room for podcasts. But that makes room for us. That's right. That's right. A new a new training ground for writers. I mean, a you new know, training ground for writers, uh, artists, reporters. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, once again, thank you for joining the train scene. No problem. Um, thank you. And as always, I would encourage you, the audience, to continue the discussion on Facebook and Instagram. Like all of our shows here, this podcast is brought to you in part by Eliac Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians and Pointcast News. To listen to our podcast or read our latest articles, you can visit our website at pointcast.news or subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and, and X, not longer Twitter, and X. Oh my gosh, we got to do a show about it. This whole X thing. I yeah, sorry. X. Yes. X rated. That's why I'm gonna call it the episode.